Welcome to the Wimblex Show. It's uh, our 14th episode here in London. Uh, today with Asi from uh, Wonderbly, a service that uh, I've already used last year for Christmas. Uh, Asi is going to tell us in a, in a moment what the service is about and why it's uh, so exciting to have you here uh, um, today. Um, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Assi. I am the co-founder and CEO of Wonderbly. Um, Wonderbly is a publishing startup that lives on the intersection of uh, storytelling, design, engineering and print, let's say. Uh, our products so far have been uh, what I like to call uncompromisingly high quality personalized book for children. Okay, can you can you tell us a little bit more the book product? Though when I learned about your uh, your services last uh, last year, it, I, I, I if I remember correctly, there was just one story available where I needed to put in the name of one of my kids. So this was on Jacob, and then the book was created around this name. And at the end, there's I don't know, there's like two two adventurers doing stuff and then they're uh, eventually they are finding the name or yeah. something like that so is this still like the core of your business or how, how is it working yeah, so how, this how many is books have you sold what you mentioned is uh the lost my name book uh yeah. the little boy who lost his name or the little girl who lost her name uh which was the product that started this whole company um it's still probably our uh you know number one global bestseller uh, it has been interestingly the top selling picture book forget about personalized a picture book in the world in the past three and a half years we sold uh, just over three and a half million copies worldwide in 12 languages uh, and shipped it to about 190 if not more countries uh, but since then we've published uh, 13 more titles um, and each and every one of them are uh, is each and every one of them is uniquely personalized uh, through a very different uh, narrative di very different uh, what I call universally personalized uh, or universally personal theme uh, that is related to the child. So we have books around, uh, obviously the name book is is uh, is a very popular one, but we have a book that is personalized to where you live in the world. We have a book that is personalized around the child's passions and hobbies. Uh, we have uh, uh, lots of other books. Each and every one of them uh, has a, its, its own unique personalization system. Uh, and um, we like to say that every book that we make is... Uh, almost as unique, as, as wonderful as the child it is being made for. Okay, and, and um, I'm not sure if I remember, remember this correctly, the one book was around like 30 euros a piece, or was it like more 20 euros? Uh, it is about 30 euros, 20, 26, 27. Yeah. And um, you, you, you print it yourself, or you have like uh, production companies letting it print for you? So we have part, uh, PSPs, print service providers, uh, all over the world. Uh, we try to print locally in every uh, a scalable market. So what started with a, uh, a small uh, print service providers uh, up in the northern England uh, is now a network of between 8 to 14 local PSPs. Uh, so we print pretty much everywhere in the world. And, 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 and there you have a business model where you can uh, 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 print just one book because that's, I don't know, probably the names in, 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 in like Russian markets are very different to the name in the Dutch market. So, and if there's like a new order coming in uh, for a book where the kid is called Willem, for example, yeah, you send it to a PSP and he prints like one version of the book and send it to the customer? 
Exactly. So every book that we made, we are a zero inventory company. Uh, every book that we made is printed on demand, is custom made based on uh, a, a single order. So you're acting on the intersection, I would say, between different industries, uh, printing, uh, digital, uh, uh, technology, yeah. uh, and also creativity, storytelling, exactly. uh, narratives. What, what, is, what, what is your background? How did you come up with this concept of I'll, personalized I'll, books? Uh, <laughs> Uh, depends on how far you like to go, but I guess just just uh, before I tell you about myself, I think that um, what we found fascinating about uh, uh, Wonderbly is that we are, we are part of this um, new breed of, of startups. Uh, I guess that Warby Parker would be an interesting example, Everlane, uh, um, Dollar Shake Lab, uh, which are uh, startups that took a product or a category that was traditionally very, very retail heavy uh, and very fragmented. Uh, and by uh, owning the whole customer journey, by internalizing everything, but having complete ownership over every the whole supply chain of the whole uh, journey. So that's vertical integration. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So we are a vertically integrated publisher, if you will, or a full stack publisher, as we like to call it. How, how many people are working at Wonderly? Uh, just over forty. And and, and uh, can you split your departments? Or I think there's like a big creative team coming up with yeah. ideas about like new books. So there is the the, the creative and product team, the, the product and design team. Uh, we fully own the IP that we create. Uh, some of the IP is still being created by my creative co-founders, uh, David and Pedro. Um, but increasingly we are working with more artists, but we work with them internally. Um, and we have a uh, e-commerce and marketing team. So we are doing everything in-house. We're a pretty self-sufficient company. So everything is done in-house. Um, we have a, uh, an engineering team, which work across the whole stack from the front end to the uh, back end e-commerce. And of course, the proprietary rendering stack, which we've, uh, which we've developed over the years. Uh, and we have the uh, operations team who uh, uh, these guys are in charge of the relationship with all the PSPs around the world. The only piece that we don't own um, are the actual big digital printers simply because there's just no point of owning these big, big machines. Um, it's, there's enough of them out, uh, you know, out there in the world and they all have enough capacity to, uh, to get businesses like ours. But we developed the software that allows us to integrate with any modern uh, print house in a you know, plug and play two weeks and we can start uh, printing locally. So these guys managing the network and uh, of course the customer support. And um, you said you, you sold three or 3.5 million of just uh, lost the lost my name version of the book. Um, how, how do you sell it? So is it all through your website? 100% or? through the tiny little corner of the internet that is wonderbly.com. <laughs> yeah. Really? So, uh, we have so how, how do you attract them the traffic? Is it all like PR, word of mouth related? Um, it is a combination of uh, word of mouth, uh, organic obviously, but uh, a lot of work on performance marketing. So we've, we've been trying and testing, optimizing and scaling pretty much every well, channel. How does it work for a single yeah, book brand? How, how does... How do you online market? Uh, because I, I can imagine you're not marketing the industry as a whole. You're not marketing the personalized book category. You're mm -hmm. marketing titles. If those titles are unknown, uh, probably performance marketing with no search volume in Google is difficult. So you yeah. need to do some awareness and yeah. 
um, yeah, uh, raising interest to get those uh, search yeah. traffic in. Yeah. What is what is the exactly. trick there? Exactly. William lost its name. Alex lost its name. Luana lost its <laughs> name. Don't worry if you do it like with enough names. Yeah. <laughs> so, interestingly, uh, as you can imagine, uh, it is. Facebook or paid social, uh, that is our biggest channel, uh, which is ultimately a, uh, a channel where people are just doing whatever they want and then you just disrupt them with, with an ad. But uh, you know, luckily our, our products have appeal. So when people see the, the ad uh, on their feed, Facebook, Instagram, um, they will click on the ad that will take them to uh, a product page mostly at, on, uh, on Wonderbly. Uh, and hopefully they'll continue with the with the purchase funnel. Um, search is is growing, uh, and with search we are working on on the one hand on uh, on all the generic uh, words, which is around gifts for children. We're very much in the gifting market, uh, as much as we are in the book market per se, uh, and that's both by the nature of the product and the price point. Uh, so we are very much uh, a, a gift product. Um, and so we have a uh, a very very broad set of keywords that we are uh, bidding against. Uh, obviously, there is all the brand which we're capturing, uh, but then anything around uh, personalized gifts to personalized okay. books to gifts for birthdays and so on and so forth. Um, and, and besides paid social and search, um, well, Alex obviously is a connoisseur in good English of the <laughs> Amazon marketplace, <laughs> and uh, actually uh, Factor A. Uh, which is now part of Debt uh, is, is, is an agency that, that, that focuses on Amazon marketing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We see a lot of traction for other e-commerce brands on yeah. Amazon and other marketplaces. Yeah. Um, do you see them as a third pillar in your um, marketing mix or is that still something to explore further? So we started with Amazon as, uh, as resellers only a few months ago. Uh, so it's still very much in its infancy. With all titles uh, or it's just... Uh, with few titles in each market, in the UK okay. and the US. Um, and what we've found so far is that, you know, our, our number one challenge basically is that uh, we operate in a, a relatively niche category with low awareness and low demand. And, you know, just as you said, it's not that people are waking up in the morning it's like, hmm, I'm looking for a book about uh, Alex's name. It's, it's, it's people will, will look for a book and then we are, we are hoping to, or, or, or for a gift for a child and we hope to capture them with a very unique, very personal, very, uh, um, a, a gift which, you know, having sold more than 4 million of them now, we know that uh, has a very, very strong emotional payoff. Uh, and, and, and I guess that's what we managed to, to, um, to, uh, to raise awareness, to generate demand and to scale the company. Um, but uh, we are still very much in the uh, performance, awareness, demand generation, rather than uh, operating in a market with a, a, a you know high awareness, high demand. Mm. So, uh, how do you how do you manage then uh, customer lifecycle? So when I think we have ordered one or two books, I'm I'm not sure anymore. I'm not sure if you have asked for the age of my kids. Yeah. So it could be helpful, like personalization yeah. issues. But let's say you do. It's uh, Jacob uh, last year, like eight years old or seven years old. So do you have like a follow-up strategy, sending me an email in the right moment and saying, okay, there's like lost my second name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, lost my other the, name. The, the, the episode two of the journey of Jacob, yeah. which would be cool, actually. Yeah. I, I, email, I, I would definitely I would definitely read. And, prob- and usually you're always searching for 
gifts for your children, um, especially uh, especially hints then you can give give to uh, your parents or grandma, grandpa because they mm -hmm. want to give mm -hmm. something. So mm -hmm. that's actually mm -hmm. the, the hard part. The hard part mm -hmm. is not buying the Lego Technic set or something. The hard part is to find such an idea. So are, are you are you doing this? Um, yes, pretty much. I mean, we. Uh, you know, e email is the main uh, repeat channel for us. Although we have quite a uh, a, a healthy organic uh, repeat as well, um, but you know, pretty much like any other e-commerce business, uh, at the first purchase we capture the data. Um, obviously, we are in a post GDPR world right now, so uh, there is there, there are opt-ins, and we're just. You know, thinking about how to recover from that, and generally, uh, because like probably like everyone in the industry, we got a little bit of a of a hit, and we're still adjusting to this uh, to this world. Um, but generally speaking, we capture the customer's email because we need to interact with them around the uh, the order when it's been made, been shipped, uh, and and so if the person have opted in, then they will be in our uh, email marketing program, uh, and we're hoping. Probably next year to start taking it to the next level. I think that's uh, wonderfully being five years old, four years as a venture back company. We're just in the beginning of a very, I think, exciting uh, transition from a single product that you know started this all uh, to a, a real portfolio company uh, with uh, now 14 books, probably over 20 by the end of next year, uh, and a real portfolio which is organized around uh, the children's ages and around occasions and around the relationship of you and the child. Um, so uh, pretty much from now, but more so in the future, uh, whatever the child's age, definitely between, I'd say, 0 to 10, uh, whatever your relationship with the child, whatever the occasion that you're looking to gift the child, we have a book that is tailored for you. So that's that's the plan, and we continue to live on is, that. Is the idea of creating such a personalized book, uh, can you protect it? Can you like prevent Amazon of printing its own Lost My Name version of the book? Um, so interestingly, we did not invent the category of personalized books. Uh, personalized books have been in the market for over 45 years. Uh, they were just a very, very underwhelming product. Um, very lame gimmick novelty gift, uh, but with very little value apart from just slapping a child's name across a few pages of the book. Uh, and um, what we've done five years ago is just to completely elevate the 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 uh, the, the creative uh, standard of this category. And I think that, you know, we're still uh, obsessed with making personalized books, a very, uh, you know, a genuine, genuinely exciting creative canvas, um, creatively, technically, but a real form for, for uh, great storytelling and, and design. Um, and there's, you know, we are educating the market uh, and we've already, uh, you know, grown the category quite significantly. Um, and um, yeah, it's now just about continue to educate people. No, with no, great I'm, I'm, I'm asking this. I'm asking this because um, we know of businesses that uh, have been approached by Amazon because they have like a unique product or a unique uh, uh, business. Amazon wants to be part of and say, okay, yeah. here, Azzy, you know, let's uh, uh, let's do something together. Let's make the great thing even greater. Yeah. So all the arguments yeah. you would uh, you would you would expect to know. And but. What, the outcome usually is that there's like a 
a very, very mid to short term optimization of the business. Maybe you can sell more yeah. in the uh, with such a cooperation within like 12 months. But like in the second, third, fourth year, like the, the margin of Amazon is uh, they have like the momentum of the, of, on their side and they own the customer. And if I if I was exactly. Amazon and if I was Amazon, I say, OK, this is this is kind of a product. Uh, that creates some need and um, I also we want to be part in the gift market yeah. uh, let's create something uh, um, uh, let's, let's create something like this yeah. with another name maybe and um, I just wanted to understand the where like the trick lies I understand it's easy to produce just another battery so it's just like relabeling a product you yeah. would say okay the creative part is hard enough so it's, it's not so easy to create a, a cool personalized book I think that while we definitely uh, inspired a lot of people and we've, to, to a degree, lowered the barrier for entry, uh, what we're seeing so far is mainly just opportunistic copycats. Um, and with Amazon, what's interesting is that as soon as they uh, launch their uh, Amazon Custom uh, platform, uh, which is their... Uh, custom for personalized products. I think that they've seen businesses like Etsy on the one hand or like not on High Street here in the UK which took off uh, uh, really rapidly uh, predominantly at the back of personalized gifts. Um, mm. they, uh, they started their own platform. It's called Amazon Custom. Um, we, again, because this is still a relatively uh, low awareness category, then what we're seeing uh, with Amazon in our case is that in a similar way that we uh, we can't scale search infinitely because the organic search is not there, it's it's equally not there on on Amazon. Um, so it's kind of doing okay, but probably not at the volume um, that would be transformative. It's still very 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 low single percentages. What I'm hoping, and again, as you know, with Amazon you have to you have to dance very carefully, um, is that I want Amazon. If I'm already selling my books there, I want Amazon to also do the print-on-demand. And I know that they have the digital printers uh, because they have a print-on-demand business. Um, but as we know, Amazon is incredibly siloed. Uh, so while the people who are very excited about putting our books on Amazon Custom, uh, getting to connect to the people who are doing print-on-demand is, is incredibly difficult, uh, or has been so far. Yeah, that's the self-publishment uh, uh, part of Amazon in the US. Yeah, it's totally different yeah, business. Exactly, exactly. So talking uh, about a comment you made, you said you're backed by venture capital. Um, probably we uh, have quite a few listeners who are in e-commerce and who are starting up their companies mm -hmm. thinking of raising capital as well. And I saw that you've uh, raised Series A and Series B funding from the likes of uh, Project A Ventures and mm -hmm. uh, Google Ventures. Mm -hmm. Um, and I interestingly uh, saw uh, that you were uh, appearing on Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you received backing of one of the investors on Dragon's Den. Um, yeah. So you've done a couple of things. Um, uh, could you elaborate a little bit more on uh, the process of, 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 of raising that capital and maybe some learnings mm -hmm. on, on your journey from that end? Um, so, wonderfully, or you know, previously lost my name. Um, started really as a, as a happy accident. Uh, it was a, a side project uh, that gone horribly well. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we bootstrapped, uh, you know, we started this, we saw the opportunity, we started this. Um, it was completely self-published, self-funded. Uh, it was our kind of um, 
um, side project startup, if you will, because it is, other than the creative challenge, uh, having a print-on-demand business, it is, it is technically and operationally quite heavy. Um, and luckily, we're a very uh, interdisciplinary founding team. We started it as a side project. We've put some money into it, put a lot of time into it. We've done it you know, between full-time jobs and, and families and have you, what have you. And then uh, it, it took off, uh, and we bootstrapped to nearly a million dollars in revenue uh, in the first few months. Uh, and that was 100% word of mouth. Uh, we got caught up by all the, the guardians of the world and, and the metro here in London and, and some of the big uh, mommy bloggers in, in the UK and the US, and it, just, it took off to about 35,000 uh, units. And that kind of made us think, okay, this is a little bit bigger than we initially thought. Uh, and we've got such a strong validation from the market. Um, let's, just, let's just go all in. Um, so we parked our day jobs and uh, we took a small seed round uh, from a seed, uh, mostly from angels, but uh, a little bit of a small seed, uh, institutional seed one. Uh, and then we just kept growing very, very, very fast. Um, so in the first year, we've already done about eight million in revenue. Uh, that over three hundred thousand books worldwide, seventy countries, uh, and that gave us a subject basically to go for the for the big guys. Um, and so back in twenty fifteen, we've done a uh, Series A, uh, which was led by Google Ventures, uh, and our focus then was actually in the US. We saw that US is is fast becoming our biggest market, and I wanted to be closer to the uh, network and and the funds there. So I spent most of my time fundraising in the U.S. and I brought the likes of Greycroft and uh, Peter Chernin and, and Allen Company, uh, some really, really uh, switched on people uh, that are very interested in the intersection of uh, entertainment and tech or uh, um, media and tech in general. Um, and then uh, I was very, very fortunate to meet uh, Florian um, from, from Project A and, uh, and, and he got interested and they, they joined that round. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, some very good investors and very good people on the board. And, and then the, because you, you said, well, you were growing organically very rapidly uh, through word of mouth, you've, you've raised capital from experienced uh, VCs. What? Why then opt also for Dragons Den? What did that change? So that your, actually, uh, so the Dragons story was actually part of the part of the seed round. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, I I was kind of halfway or towards the end of the seed round, and then we got the phone call from the BBC and said like, Hey, we've heard about you. Would you like to come on the show? And uh, initially, I told them, Look, I'm not sure that I'm actually eligible to be on the show because. Uh, you know the whole point of the show is the is the haggling with the with the dragons, um, and I already had a term sheet, uh, so, which means that my valuation was fixed. So and so, look, I can't go on the show because you know my valuation is fixed. I can only go and ask for a certain amount of money, but I cannot haggle on on the percentage. So like, look, it's a, it's a like it's a genuine show. It's real money, real investors, and real businesses. So you can do whatever you want, um, and. Historically, this show, you know, people would go and ask for like, you know, 30, 40K for 20% of the business. That that's, was kind of the level of funding in, in this show. Um, you know, we, we, we came in because we were, we were uh, with a fixed valuation. We came in and asked for £100,000 um, for 4% of the business. And that was completely unheard of back then. Like people looked at me as if I have two heads. Um, and... Um, but then, you know, one of the guys just, they, you know, the, he saw the potential and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going in. And, and until three weeks ago, 
we were holding the record for the uh, best equity deal that was ever given in the 14 years history of the Dragon's Den. Uh, it was only three weeks ago that someone, uh, someone new uh, beat us to that, to that record. So it he, was, uh, he, he doesn't regret the step. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Uh, but it, it was, you know, it's it's a great uh, it's a great boost from a publicity point of view, uh, and you know we we milk this story for the first couple of years. Uh, it was a lovely spike. Um, uh, our website didn't crash. We make sure that it will not crash, uh, and um, yeah, it's just you know part of the folklore, I guess, part of the story of the of the early days. And you said it was a side project in the beginning when you uh, bootstrapped the company. Um, from what? what? What are your backgrounds of the founders of the, of the company? Um, so I'm coming from, uh, my background was in uh, digital communications mostly. Uh, and then about a year or two before I've started uh, this project, um, I've kind of made a bit of a shift from comms to product. I got very interested in, in, in actually building the, the, the digital products that I was helping to uh, create digital communications around. Um, and then my co-founder Tal is the kind of technical and operational guy. So he basically built the whole infrastructure and the whole publishing platform. Uh, and Pedro and uh, David are the, the creative duo who wrote and illustrated the books. Can you think about like um, moving into the audio market? Because when I uh, go into the playrooms of my children, they of course listen to these. Uh, they still have like cassette players because I like it. And we have a lot of cassettes uh, yeah. laying around in the uh, in the house and uh, the, it seems to me like um, as like streaming even like in uh, in kids environment is becoming more and more uh, more and more uh, popular it seems to be like a, a natural move so can you think about that too? Um, it's it's part of the you know 25 things that we're thinking in every <laughs> given moment about you know kind of what's what's next um, it's 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 definitely an interesting space and as as you say we're watching it from the side and we're seeing that voice is, is just becoming, voice and audio is becoming a big thing, both on the publishing side, but also in general. Um, we haven't made any concrete move yet. I think that uh, I'm sure that my CTO is, uh, uh, would be quite thrilled to start thinking about real-time rendering of uh, audio as, as much as we're doing now with... Uh, yeah, because then you don't need the PSPs. It's like the pure digital yeah, product. Yeah, it's even, yeah. and, and the value could be the same, margin much higher, yeah. so even less friction. Yeah. Um, that could be interesting. I, I would imagine it working initially uh, as, as, as some com complementary uh, uh, products rather than oh, okay. uh, changing the main product. Some kind of an add-on, some kind of a... Uh, but then, and again, when you think about the fact that our uh, books are highly personalized uh, and they go way more than uh, having the child's name in the book, yeah, yeah. but even if you keep it at that, um, rendering on the fly a book with unique names uh, is, is going to be quite tricky. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I think it's but I, I, but, but I, I, great. I think, we like a good I think challenge. the market is there. The devices are there yeah. already. Of course, you need to um, elevate, like as you've done with personalized book, the level of uh, um, of personalized like audio plates or whatever uh, whatever it's called. But there's like uh, the, the the market is much bigger because there's no no distribution friction yeah. uh, um, anymore, and it's it's like on the yeah. spot is a global. 
um, global, uh, global uh, uh, business. So, but um, you're now in the market for how many years? For five years? Uh, five years. Five years. years. So looking back, and, and of course, and you have, you have like one of these fantastic founder stories where you did such a side project out of your own interest. And that's it. Not, there's not so many founders in Berlin or Amsterdam or, uh, or, uh, um, or London around. Uh, usually they're starting uh, from a PowerPoint uh, uh, level. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, but, but it, it, that creates a more interesting learning curve, your, um, uh, your journey. So when you're looking back mm-hmm. um, on the last like five years, what is like your main learnings when it comes to Uh, production, scaling the company, even like the capital side, uh, uh, venture capital. What, what would you have done like differently going back like five years? <sighs> That's a tough question. Generally speaking, I don't like to look back. I think that regret is, uh, is a waste of time. Um, because if you are on this entrepreneurial journey, you will make mistakes. It's, 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 it's just you know, part of the territory. It comes with the territory. Yeah, but um, your learnings are for our listeners. So right, they, they right, maybe, right. They are right, maybe now right. five years yeah, back. Yeah, I, uh, it's interesting. I think that because uh, last year was you know, just as, as a lot of startup thing after a uh, you know, few first years of, of, of significant growth. Last year was a bit of a, a bit shaky for us. Uh, you know, we, we, we kind of, we walked towards a growth that was not there and, uh, and it was, you know, pretty much like running in, in 100 miles per hour and just hitting the wall and, and trying to, uh, and, and I guess that for the first half of 2018, I felt like a, like a walking, talking startup cliche, like grew too fast, raised too much, spent too fast, hired too fast, like every mistake in the book that you can, uh, <laughs> that you can, you know, that you can read about. Mistake in the book or mistake on, on, a, on a medium article. Yeah. Don't do audio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I think that generally, you know, the only learning, there's so much, but I think that, you know, for me, it's about if you, if you genuinely, believe in what you're doing, um, then it's, it's, it's just keep going, uh, keep going. And definitely if you have the market validation, uh, you've reached some scale, you've found some product market fit, uh, and then you will inevitably, you know, things will never be just easy, just, you know, just, just, uh, and of course there is the early scaling pain and then there is the, 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 the new pains of that you're, you're, you're hoping to scale, but that's not happening. So there's, you know, every year, every month really brings its own uh, uh, new challenges. And I think that um, trying to just maintain, trying to always maintain a perspective of what you're doing and, uh, and, and trying to always uh, be very, I think that self-awareness really is, is, is such a, a strong uh, asset for, for, for a founder. Um, and being able to manage your own psychology and being able to, uh, you know, I found one of the toughest challenges, but then also the, the best learnings really, is to be able to be very self-aware and to move very, as quickly as possible from, uh, from guilt to action. Uh, because you, you will make mistakes and you will feel shit about it and you will like, oh, how did I? And then you can just uh, drown yourself for, for a day or a week in, in your self-pity. Uh, but then moving from that, uh, you know, quickly from your mistake to learning and then to action 
um, is, is uh, I think, this, this skill that I found the most, uh, um, uh, that, 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 that is the most positive in, in, in how we work. Um, I guess and, 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 and I have a specific question uh, um, uh, in regards to your uh, uh, financial um, um, uh, background here, like for, for the company, because it's a super niche business. It's a super cool business. And like in the early days of Internet or non-digital, you would have like grown it uh, um, uh, in a more bootstrapped way, not taking too much external capital, which would lead to a situation today where we say, okay, we, we can shrink the business like by 10%, but it's still doing fine and we're gonna find like other book titles. Now yep. you are like in the venture capital play, you're doomed to grow. Like, I don't know how exactly. much, but 50%, yeah. 100%, 20% to to meet kind of an exit uh, uh, goal, could yep. be like being acquired by a big publishing group or by Disney or whatever. So yep. there's, a, there's plenty of, of the market. So, and, um, um, so we have found like, so we are in, in, the, in the software, Uh, uh, game, we, uh, we found it very fruitful to have this path of like growing 100, 200, 300 percent per year because it's it creates a lot of healthiness around the business. So yeah. I'm not sure if this is true in, in your case because it, it it it's it's very hard to to create kind of a production street around creativity. Yeah. So and that, that seems yeah. to be very hard from what I what I can uh, see about your business. Um, You're absolutely right. You know, I think that we are we are quite unique uh, in the landscape of a VC-backed uh, businesses. Uh, but uh, I think that the the IP uh, and the uh, the creative part of thing is only is only one part. And I think that uh, looking at the future, a only time will tell if it was the right decision to go and play the VC game uh, and go like, yeah, let's go fast and faster and faster. And um, how much money is there in the company? How much, how, much, how much external, uh, as far as it's published? I, I don't know. I haven't checked it. How, how much external money? Is uh, we took about 18 million, I think. 18. 18 okay. US mm -hmm. uh, to date. Um, and, and as you said, it, it puts you in a very specific mindset and game. Um, and we are yet to, you know, to prove that this is a, a, a highly scalable business. Um, and I, I, I think that, and, you know, that's why I'm... I'm super super excited about what we're doing is that these there is the creative IP uh, but I think that further down the line um, the infrastructure that we build the publishing platform uh, our ability to uh, render uh, a whole book on the fly our ability to uh, um, acquire customers from all over the world our ability to uh, render print and ship a book to a physical personalized custom-made Printed on demand uh, to literally every corner of the world, um, we are that that platform in the future will not only serve us in our create uh, our own self-publishing business, but that platform is highly scalable, uh, and we are starting to move now in the direction of, you know, what other things can come into that uh, highly scalable platform that we built. Talking about scalability, um, there are now supercomputers uh, making nice uh, artwork writing music and composing music. Mm -hmm. And I read an interesting quote from you saying that technology and business models can scale, but creativity cannot. Is that also related to what you just said, exactly. the reason that you are now uh, focusing more and more on uh, technology as a foundation mm -hmm. for personalized storytelling? Or um, because I actually believe that AI in the future 
can also mimic creativity. Um, there are now uh, pieces of artwork selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. m bu built by computers. Don't let me start on that. <laughs> uh, is there, is, is there, um, is there, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh why uh, do you think creativity is not scalable? Um, I guess it, it's because of all the uh, blood, tears, and sweat that are going into every title that we've published to date, um, and the fact that we are. Uh, we have a very, very, very high standards to the to the products that we're launching under our own uh, our own brand, um, and and they take it's it, you know unlike uh, a traditional picture book which you have just an author illustrator sometimes it's the same person um, we have at least four or five people in the team uh, that can work in any given time on a single title. Um, I mean, think about that. That's not like that's not highly scalable, um, but five hundred people, a hundred titles. Uh, yeah, but is there a market for hundred titles? That's something which we still have to figure I, out. I don't or, know. Or the children. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it is scalable in a similar way that agency can scale. You know, so there's a project team, and you can have clients, and of course you can scale from five to five hundred uh, as long as work coming in. Uh, but we have to validate the market. We have to see that the, there, is a, there is a growing demand and that the game is more title equals more scale, uh, which is not necessarily the case. Um, it, it might be in the future uh, if and when we'll decide, for example, to venture beyond children. Uh, I, I genuinely believe that we're only starting to scratch the surface of, of meaningful personalization. Uh, so far, people perceive personalization mainly as just slapping a name on something, mm -hmm. uh, be that a, an apparel or a, uh, or a piece of jewelry or, uh, or a poster or, or a book. Um, and I think that the idea of creating uh, uh, platform products, which are always co-created by the customers and, and us, um, and the result is always a very unique, very personal uh, uh, one-off product, uh, which has a very, very strong emotional payoff, is something which we've so far explored and scaled in the children market, but I've no doubt that there are many, many more uh, uh, personalized propositions to, to discover, to invent, to explore, and to scale. And talking uh, about co-creation, um, another, another angle to scaling up could be partnerships, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. What I read is that you partnered with the Royal, uh, Royal, Royal Dow mm -hmm. Estate. To, uh, they approach you, which is a big compliment, yep. I would say. Uh, because Royal Dow, well, he's one of my heroes. Uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, obviously, yep. one, being one of the favorite books of mm -hmm, my youth. Mm -hmm. um, could that also be an angle that... that for scalability, you're uh, pursuing more partnerships to bring on that creativity that has already been invented and leveraging your skills on personalized printing on demand? Yeah, yeah. so that's that's an obvious one. I mean, that's uh, a, a joint IP creation, uh, you know, based on a successful or well-known uh, IP that was uh, uh, a very uh, successful experiment that we've done with, uh, with Roald Dahl. Um, and you know we we are um, always on the lookout for an interesting one, but we have to be very very selective because right now we're very much focusing on our own publishing plan. Um, and I mean the the way that I think about a is that the 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 idea of personal publishing, which is much bigger than personalized books, 
definitely for children. Um, we'll have uh, a huge scale over the next few years, and that's that's really what we're trying to to build here. Children will always be our uh, the core business and where it's all started. And and but I think that uh, I, I like to think. Um, in a similar to a, a traditional publisher, which will have lots of imprints, uh, which are all enjoying some, some shared assets uh, around printing, around uh, back office, around technology, around editorial, around marketing, sales. Um, think about it from the point of view of a uh, technology-enabled publishing platform. Um, we want to, uh, further down the line, to uh, inspire the creative community to think about the possibilities of personal publishing, the, the, the idea of uh, uh, creating uh, either from a set database or some uh, other form of uh, um, open or uh, dynamic rendering to bring in different uh, 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 sorts of data or information into a book which will have something very, very unique about you. Um, and I don't think that we that it uh, uh, confines itself only for fiction and children. Um, I think that there are many more ideas uh, with many different payoffs to be found. And right now we're working only on in the children's space, and very much focusing on the emotional payoff of that beautiful gift, that 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 uh, uh, beautiful keepsake, um, and. Maintaining that ratio of uh, uh, effort versus reward, and I think this is something which comes from our millions of customers now. Uh, the idea that it takes you literally two seconds to create one of our books, but the reward is so high. That magic, that that wonder in the eye of the child, uh, is is so high that people just perceive the value uh, uh, as 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 something very very positive. And I, I'd like over the next five, ten, twenty years to just keep exploring that. Uh, and take it to uh, uh, more ages and more passion areas uh, and uh, you know find more and different payoffs and product benefits if you will uh, and then do it through different business models uh, from from our own self-publishing to a uh, a b2b2c to a b2b to joint ventures there's there's a lot that we will do in the future I, I'm, I'm still wondering how did you manage to grow so fast on an international level? So I, I think it, it was hard enough enough to elevate the uh, uh, personalized book just just in the English uh, English language, and then you uh, generally moved into other markets with uh, uh, very with very very uh, strange names from from a UK perspective. So yeah. how and how was this possible from the production side, scaling into other languages, uh, and from the demand side? Um, so from the production side, it was, well, you have to start with demand and then, and then worry about the, the, the production. But I think that's what we found uh, is that there was absolutely universal appeal for the product that we created. Mm. Um, and after... Especially for the Lost My Name brand. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. the first mm. one. And mind you, for the first two and a half, nearly three years of the company, we were mainly busy just catering for the, or, or supporting the growth of that single product. Mm -hmm. um, and in many ways, we're just, we're just making the, tr in the beginning of, of a meaningful transition to be a, a real portfolio company. Uh, Lost My Name is still a global bestseller uh, and it's doing really well, but 
we're, we're feeling that all of our efforts to publish you know, 14 other books now are starting to pay off and we are in that transition. Um, but the first uh, rapid growth, the first uh, you know, scaling from a side project uh, that did about 30,000 units to over a million in about 24 months or less, um, that was uh, at the back of just a, a very strong product that was, uh, I'd say, the right product at the right time on the right platform. And you cannot um, separate the success of that book from the distribution platform that was available to us at that time, which is Facebook. Um, and, and, you know, we were probably with a couple of others, uh, uh, a couple of couple of thousand of other uh, e-commerce uh, startups that were very, very early to the Facebook ad platform. Uh, we got the learning, we've optimized, and we scaled it very, very, very quickly. And it was uh, relatively easy to uh, translate the book, although it's, it's complex, but... You know, there's no, it's not rocket science. Well, what, what, what did you do back then that was so, uh, so, uh, so new? So did you like publish as a first one um, in my feed, for example, um, buy a book about Alex uh, or your kids because you've targeted me as old enough male, probably having kids, uh, uh, enough income, so the, um, the ad would work? Was it, it was, you, you know, it was, like it was uh, the, the optimization uh, of the platform itself uh, and, the, you know, the algorithm was clunky but very efficient in terms of targeting um, and uh, I don't know if you remember but, you know, back in 2014, 2015, the, the idea of lookalikes uh, was just very, very strong and incredibly efficient for us um, and, um, you know, we, we were there constantly you know, pulling the levers, uh, but a lot of it was just, you know, allowing the, the, the algorithm to do, to do a good job. And moving to your question around uh, scaling to other uh, markets and languages, uh, creating the product pretty much doing the playbook. So creating the product, uh, using the data that we have from the uh, uh, English-speaking markets to create custom lookalikes in different markets, and it was uh, it, it scaled very very quickly. Do you see a similar process happening with the new book titles? Because what we know now uh, is that Facebook ads is, is declining a little bit, or the at party least is over. The party is <laughs> over, and people are migrating yeah. to Instagram and younger generations, obviously, yeah. to Snapchat TikTok. and yeah, TikTok now uh, even. Yeah, oh my God, um, TikTok. The, uh, we talked so about they have that ads in on TikTok already, or huh? they don't do ads on TikTok already. I, have, I, have seen I think they just started. Yeah. yeah. Have they? Okay, yeah. I have a look. Well, this is my, I've got three daughters and they are... Yeah. They are there? They are there. I don't understand. <laughs> they are but The funny thing was we had a previous podcast with Norman Nielsen from Zalando and he was explaining okay. about um, the new marketing game on platforms like Snapchat, which is a different ball game. Yeah. And he, he at Zalando wasn't able to master Snapchat and yeah. he already had difficulties with Instagram, I think. Huh. Uh, so how, how are you trying to monetize yeah. on these new platforms? Can um, you present like a short 10-second uh, TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. TikTok one-on-one marketing uh, guide. Well, I don't think that, well TikTok, it, as, as long as my daughters who are, you know, 10, 8, and 5 are the target audience for TikTok, I don't think that, uh, you know, we have much to do there. Maybe but, Insta is, uh, is, is But your, Insta, you know, Instagram yeah. is, is, is growing uh, and we're optimizing that. And, and luckily for us, a lot of the... Uh, there was a, a, a relatively smooth transition from, uh, and we're doing obviously both uh, um, Facebook and uh, and Instagram. 
but as we just said, the, the party is over. Uh, you know, three years down the line, and uh, Facebook just became very competitive and very crowded. And uh, obviously, they just had an ad fatigue. They maxed out uh, in terms of um, uh, ad space, and uh, both on, on on desktop and mobile. So it's uh, it's it's. You know, we are we've we've been battling a game of of, of efficiency versus scale for uh, some good eighteen months now, and um, and we're seeing just you know we we just keep publishing more and more titles, and some of them work better, and I think that we are getting better at understanding which titles we work better as a Facebook acquisition product, which title will work better as a, uh, a Google acquisition product, which title will work better as a repeat product for our own customers, and we just we, we keep learning uh, with every new title that we, that we publish. And looking into your uh, paid media mix, Martin Sorrell predicts that uh, revenue from advertising on Amazon will go up from about 8 billion now to about 100 billion yeah. in a couple of years. And yeah. uh, the Good for uh, factor A. Good for factor eight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, are you also? Uh, we talked about Amazon before. I don't want to repeat that discussion. But are you also testing with advertisements through Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's that so we working are out that. for you? It, it's 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 okay. Uh, again, the, the challenge that we're seeing uh, so far is that uh, because of the organic demand, it's not unlike Google. So, in the same way that I cannot scale Google infinitely, uh, the I, I can only start targeting against. Uh, Generic keywords on on uh, on, on Amazon, and um, it's okay, but it's at, at the moment it's very very small. And of course, because we don't own the you know because we don't own the customer data, um, at this point in time, I prefer like, if you know if it can double my business, then I'll I'll consider it uh, 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 you know positively. But because it's such a small part right now, then let, let, let's give it this way until. The point where Amazon will take care of our uh, uh, operations and will print our books as well, and we put them on Prime, that can be a game changer. <laughs> that can be a game changer because right now for us, uh, for one or two years, and then it's going to be a main game changer for your business. Yeah, and it's over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we have to trade it carefully. Yeah. Cool. I, 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 and, and if, if there, and we are like uh, trying to limit our podcast uh, uh, a bit to domestic flight links, but uh, maybe allow me like one last question. Well, in Holland, then it's a very short podcast. Yeah, it's a very. <laughs> it's uh -huh. a, it is. It is. Uh, um, and um, uh, when you're looking into like 2019, is there like uh, what are you most excited about? Like new titles or like new distribution methods or new markets where you're heading into? Um, all, of the, all of the above, <laughs> all of the above, minus TikTok. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a few very, very exciting titles. Uh, we have one title that did particularly well uh, this year, which is the Search and Find Boot. So where are you? Uh, where are you, the child's name? Um, and we are going to go to double down on this and internationalize it very, very quickly and try to kind of do that playbook uh, um, with, 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 uh, with Lost My Name. Um, there is a very exciting partnership which I cannot talk about right now, but if you'll invite me again in six months, I'll be able to talk about it. Uh, and With who? Oh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trick question. <laughs> and, um, 
And I think that we're going to give China another another chance. Uh, that's okay. that's another. So would you recommend them to buy? Uh, where are you? As like the next uh, gift for this year for my kids? Is uh, that how old is he? Uh, I have two kids, uh, um, six and eight. Perfect. Go for it. Both. Go for it. Uh, either buy the English now or wait for the uh, German version that's coming probably end of Jan, early yeah, February. Yeah. Okay, we wait. Cool. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Super, ex uh, super excited. Cool product. Very cool. Uh, very cool story. Um, thanks Thank for you your very time much. And explaining a lot uh, about your journey. Thanks for having thanks me. Thanks so much. Cheers, really guys. appreciate it. Thank you. Great.